Welcome to the Rooted and Established podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Snyder, and I'm so glad you're here, taking time out of your busy life to join in the conversation. In this space, we'll discuss what it means to live a life rooted in Christ and what that looks like practically in the different areas of our lives. Through short, manageable episodes that you can listen to while doing the dishes or taking a shower, we'll talk about how to live our lives intentionally as Christ followers. My prayer is that in whatever roles we fill or responsibilities we have, no matter where we are planted, we will become rooted and established in Christ. Mickey, welcome to the Rooted and Established podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today. Thank you. I'm excited too. Mickey and I actually met, gosh, like 10 years ago. Our Mm -hmm. husbands were on staff at the same church. And so we just kind of did ministry together and have stayed connected over the years. Mickey is an actress, a performer, a dancer. She's my claim to fame that I know her as a former New York City Rockette. Like I know a Rockette, (laughs) but she is so talented and it's been really fun to watch her um, and what she does. So Mickey, would you just, I I know I kind of just shared a little bit, but would you just share a little bit about what you have going on and your life? Yeah, yeah. So I'm a Midwest girl from Minnesota originally, and any shout outs to Minnesota there. <laughs> but uh, storytelling is my passion. And so uh, it's, it's kind of fun because my name, Mickey, is Japanese, actually, and it stands for beautiful story. And my mom didn't know that she just liked the spelling. (laughs) She had no idea, but it's really fun to see how God has played that out in my life. So storytelling, like you said, expresses itself through me, through dancing and acting and singing. You know, I was in New York City for school, like you said, Radio City Rocket, (laughs) seven years and a professional musical theater performer. I loved it. And then I met my husband, my love, and moved to San Diego. And then I met you (laughs) and all of a sudden was a pastor's wife, (laughs) a mega church. Um, That then led us to upstate New York where uh, he was still a pastor and I became on staff at one point as well. And then we opened a nonprofit called Elmira Discipleship Ministries and that's still running. And now we're in a little season. It's exciting. It's scary of transition (laughs) out of vocational ministry and into different kind, right, of ministry and uh, finding the Lord's really using and speaking to me about using my love and passion for storytelling through the arts and creativity, but also connecting it with a lot recently with mental health and my own personal journey Mm. through mental health. And yeah, I recently just did a little bit of directing. Mm. I produced and directed my first dance short film. And that was directly connected to my journey with mental health and to encourage people. So (laughs) I love that. I, we're going to get into all of that, but I am so excited for you to share more about that here in just a bit, but yes, we are going to be talking about mental health and more specifically anxiety and social anxiety, but just to kind of upfront, be clear, this is definitely more anecdotal, not, you know, prescriptive or, you know, 
clinical by any means, but there's just so much power in testimony and in hearing other people's experiences and in knowing that we're not alone and knowing that other people go through these things too. And so that we can feel seen and known and that we can kind of walk this journey as well. So we are going to dive into this very big topic, but would you just share a little bit about your journey with anxiety just to kind of get us started? Yeah. So you're right. It is a big topic. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, But, you know, for as long as I can remember, I was always shy growing up, like, and an introvert, um, which I think is funny because you mentioned you thought I was very outgoing, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. And I know some people get that too, because of my performing aspect, mm-hmm. right? But I was always when it came time to like small talk, or <laughs> it mm-hmm. wasn't me on a stage, then it was like, whoa, this is very draining for me. And I would be very fearful of interactions. And what I found then when I went to New York City is I was very good. I, I didn't know I had anxiety. Again, I thought mm-hmm. I was shy and that's just, I was just more fearful than other people. Like mm-hmm. that's just, you know, what I thought. And when I was in New York City, I found ways to avoid what we might call triggers, things mm-hmm. that, you know, would cause anxiety in me. So like in New York City, you don't have to drive. Driving is very stressful for me. <laughs> <laughs> and in New York City, I discovered that grocery shopping was very anxiety producing with the people and I people judging me and all this. And because it was little aisles, little, mm-hmm. little aisles <laughs> and lots and lots of people. And so I would have my groceries delivered to me. Okay. Got that, mm-hmm. you know, work around. <laughs> it wasn't until I got married that as happens a lot, we find <laughs> out when we get married, things come up and you discover new things about yourself yeah. or the other person does. <laughs> <laughs> And my husband was noticing that there were reactions that I was having to circumstances in our life that were maybe disproportionate to the events themselves Mm. and were causing a lot of pain in our lives. And, you know, I remember I would find myself... Because now I'm in San Diego driving on like five, six lane highways. Yeah. (laughs) And I would, I would make this exit and it would be wrong. And I would pull off the road and call my husband in tears, having just, you know, breakdown because I felt like I couldn't do it. And I didn't know where I was going and I wasn't capable and Mm -hmm. just really these almost, you know, almost anxiety attacks. And the same thing happened with grocery shopping. Now I have somebody else to feed as well, like together, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and he would come home and he would find that I was, cause I also struggled with depression and I'd be in bed until noon and no groceries. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, bored like what because it's not what he it's not what he experienced when I was living in New York City right because I had my work around mm-hmm. and he saw this confident performer going after her dreams right <laughs> so you never know what people are going through and um I didn't like I said even know until finally he 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 felt the Lord nudge him to ask me if I perhaps had social anxiety and I really hadn't heard that term together, social mm-hmm. and anxiety mm-hmm. together. And so I did a quick Google search and I found this article and I immediately started bawling because it said, do you find yourself anxious to go grocery shopping <laughs> oh. and paralyzed? And I was like, 
that's me. And and immediately this wave of relief came over me that it Mm. wasn't just who I was, you know, it wasn't something that was just me and nobody else. And I was wrong and bad. Right. Like this big flaw. Yes. And instead it was like, there was a name to it and there were actual reasons and there were actual causes and, and there was something to be done and there was hope. And so that led us to then see a therapist, get diagnosed. And then my journey of starting to just learn more and more of where, you know, it all came from and what it involves. It's very complex. Mm -hmm. I mean, as humans, we're very complex and there's so many spiritual, mental, emotional, physical sides to us that all interact. You can't, they're not compartmentalized. So I just started to learn more what that looked like and in my, in my life and, you know, how childhood affected it Mm -hmm. and just how I was raised and society and all these things just have been, the Lord has been unraveling and revealing over the years to bring me now to start to discover more of who God really made Mickey to be. Yeah. You know, these other things have, have, were defense mechanisms Mm. to survive or to, to feel loved, to try and get love. Mm. You know, there's different, different reasons we have them, but they're not, they're not the real me. Yes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They're hiding the real Mickey. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's been exciting and also scary to discover like, yeah. wait, then who really am right. I? Right. <laughs> yeah. And who does the Lord say that I am for exactly. sure? Yes, exactly. absolutely. And really, I love that kind of image of it's not your identity. You have, you struggle with anxiety. Yes. You are not anxiety. Like that is not exactly. who you are. And so that's, that's just a beautiful picture in and of itself. Mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier that I, I had thought you were more extroverted than you were. And maybe that's partly because we did ministry together and mm. you were at the church before we got there. So when right. we got there, you were very welcoming and mm. friendly. And I, I don't know, maybe it is because I knew you were a performer. And so sure. I just assumed like, oh, she's outgoing. She's extroverted. She's super friendly. <laughs> like this is great. And it was quite a while before I even knew that you had anxiety. Mm. And it's so, it was so interesting to me to see someone in ministry and doing well, you know, doing mm-hmm. well in ministry, doing well in your marriage, as far as we could tell, you know, from the outside yeah. and very, it's it a very social occupation. Right. And so how did you navigate that with having social anxiety and being in ministry, being in a very, very social setting? Yes. <laughs> well, it has been quite a journey. <laughs> Let me tell you, it has been up and down. And uh, I mean, grace is yeah. <laughs> right. Amen. The one word. I mean, I say it almost every day, <laughs> grace upon grace. But, you know, honestly, I'm so thankful. One thing I'm thankful to the Lord for is this, this, he, he did grace me with no shame in sharing. Mm. Now, now it doesn't mean I don't have any shame related to anxiety or depression, you know, at home, maybe when I'm in the midst of it. Yeah. I can definitely feel shame, 
But for some reason, it's just the Lord. When I am asked by other people or, you know, the churches that we've been a part of, I have never felt a shame attached to it. I've Mm. always been. And I think even when I met you, I don't even know if I, when I first met you, if I knew yet, you know, yeah, Um, because I don't think it was till my second year there. So but once I did know, I, I'm so thankful that I just never, it was just, I'm a human and it's something that I am going through on my journey. It's something that I see so many in scripture go through too. Yeah. these, these emotions and these struggles and these, you know, anxious thoughts or depressive thoughts. I mean, look at David. Right. <laughs> and so it was just something that I was like, okay about sharing with mm-hmm. other people and being honest with. So I'm very thankful that for, for the most part, people have been very gracious and very loving, but there, there were boundaries set or, or there were more um, honest. We were on, my husband and I were honest about telling people what was happening. So if there was an event and I wasn't there, you know, and somebody, where's Mickey? My right. husband was honest and he would say, well, this kind of event is a, a bit overwhelming for my wife. And mm-hmm. so she's at home right now, resting with the Lord, you know, <laughs> and, and just like, and sometimes that could be surprising for people because in our experiences, I don't think at the churches we've been to, many have seen pastor's wives like me. <laughs> I mean, we're all different. We're all unique. <laughs> but somebody who really, yeah, I did really struggle socially, but also was okay with that and saying that and yeah. okay with not living up to expectations, even mm. though it's still, it's still weighed on me at times. Right. I'm not saying that at all, but okay with telling people mm-hmm. <laughs> what was really going on. Right. <laughs> and so I think it helped that one, both my husband and I were on the same page about, mm-hmm. you know, just being honest with people. And again, to a, an appropriate degree, right. share everything that's <laughs> happening in your marriage and your life. And, and what we found and what I found was that it really seemed to open up or give permission to other people in the church to, to notice and be aware and share their own struggles or their own pain and hurts that were going on and permission to not have to be everything to everyone and not have to put on a mask really. Yeah. I mean, right. I'm just to be who they were, who they are. And it's okay to be in process. Right. Well, and seeing your authenticity and your honesty about it kind of, like you said, gave them permission to be their authentic self. And, you know, I don't think people intend to, but I think sometimes people put, put people in ministry on some sort of pedestal or higher expectations. And that's a whole other conversation. There, there should be some higher (laughs) expectations, but you know, that they shouldn't mess up or they shouldn't have issues or they shouldn't struggle with mental health or X, Y, Z, you know, fill in the blank. But when you're willingly opening, opening that conversation and openly sharing that, it really helps them to see like, Hey, they're people too. (laughs) They have struggles too. And this happens to be her struggle. And, but wow, that gives me an opportunity to share my heart too, and share what I'm struggling with and and know that they can relate or they can appreciate what I'm going through. And so that's just, that's really I actually think that is almost an asset for you in ministry, mm-hmm. you know, as, as a, a way that the Lord was able to use this for good and for mm-hmm. his glory, despite the pain and the hard 
of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you kind of started to touch on it a little bit, but how has your struggle with social anxiety actually helped you become more reliant on God and, and grow in your relationship with him or how you can kind of go either way? How has it yeah. inhibited it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> both and. I am a big both and proponent. <laughs> I think there's, there's, you know, truth. And then there's like so many layers to that truth. Yeah. And so, yes, it has both been at times so, so distressing. And mm. so in the midst of, of just feeling pain and alone yeah. and yeah, just lonely and, and a little like, you know, Jesus and David and where are you God? Like, Mm -hmm. where are you really? And why am I not healed? You know, and it's brought up so many questions and is medicine okay? Or does that mean I don't believe that Jesus can heal me? And is, you know, is faith contrary to these feelings is anxiety Mm -hmm. and depression and these things is that sin and like there's so many questions that I'm still honestly continually bringing to him and working through and diving into and yeah there's been many times where it's brought me to a place of like okay okay lord like I don't even know I don't Mm. know who you are Mm. and I definitely don't know who I am and I don't know what this faith thing is supposed to be if this is what it feels like because I don't know. Am I supposed to pray more? Cause I feel like I'm praying every moment, <laughs> yeah. you know, for this. And so, and, and there's a tricky and, and historically right, there's this tricky dynamic between faith. Like if you just have faith mm-hmm. then you'll be healed or you'll be blessed or you'll be well. Right. And, and yet there's a truth in having faith in God and, and what he does and what he can do. And so, yeah, I think overall, though, especially lately, you know, these past two years, mental health has really risen Mm -hmm. to a a greater awareness. And I think really in the faith community too, um, which I'm very thankful for, (laughs) because before it almost seemed like they were at odds. I I feel like where, you know, don't trust feelings and, and don't trust, and it's not about trusting them, but it's about that they're indicators, right? They're, they're neither good or bad. They're what God has given us. And then we, we're curious and we bring them to him Mm -hmm. and say, what, what does this mean? What is this pointing to Lord, you know, show me. So I think what I've learned, especially over these last two years, as we've been, and my husband and I have both been really diving into this issue of mental health and, and emotional health and is just, being completely raw and honest and bare and open before Mm. the Lord has, and I'm probably going to cry now, which is, Mm. it's it's beautiful Um, (laughs) because of realizing how much grace is available, Mm -hmm. how it says, you know, Hebrews to approach the throne of grace, Mm -hmm. not the throne of judgment or condemnation. It's, it's grace for where you are and you'll receive mercy and and help in your time of need. Mm -hmm. And, and for so long, I grew up thinking that, you know, 
it just, it seeps in, you know, behavior. And mm-hmm. if you follow the rules and <laughs> if you're good, then this, yeah. and, and I'm just discovering how much love, just more and more, how much love and grace is available. And, and it's, it's been beautiful. So I'd say overall, <laughs> overall, this faith journey has brought me to this place of a greater trust in his yeah. goodness, Yeah, in, in his goodness, in his plans. And in, I think a beauty in the point that where I am today is okay. Mm. and and where I am today he's there with me and I Mm. haven't missed it and I haven't fallen behind you know Mm. and he's not looking at me like "Mm," shaking that finger but where I am today like I just continually it makes me want to continually go to him knowing how good he is knowing that there's there's not this mark I have to hit Mm -hmm. you know because there's perfectionism in my anxiety and Mm -hmm. my depression knowing that Jesus himself is still fully man and fully God yeah and because of that says he's a great high priest you know who understands Mm because he went through and probably one of my most most comforting I think thought is Jesus in the garden And I'm like, what was he doing when he was agonizing and to the point of sweating blood, you know, and, and with the, in this conversation with his father, what would I call that? I was like, I feel like it was, he was anxious. Like, cause Mm. I don't know another word. It wasn't like he was just thinking, you know, (laughs) he's just like, "Mm, I have to go to the cross. It was like, he didn't want it. Right. He said, take this cup from me. And, and and he was agonizing about it. And he was like, this is coming to the point that he was bleeding. And I'm like, wow, Lord. Okay. So, Mm. you know, and, and, and there's grace because of that. You can, I can be with you and you can be with me in this and Mm -hmm. you can lead me through it and we'll, we'll do it. We'll get through this (laughs) together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and talking about the idea that Yes, it, it caused questions. It's caused doubts. It's caused lonely times and and distressful times. But anxiety or not, a lot of those things will lead us closer to Jesus, and they will bring mm-hmm. us closer to Him when mm-hmm. we wrestle with those things. It yes. it allows us to be refined, to go through the fire, to you know this whether it's anxiety, whether it's financial issues, whether it's grief, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. the hard things that cause us to land at the foot of the cross and ask for help and ask for answers and ask for guidance are, should Mm -hmm. lead us closer to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that you have allowed your, the anxiety to deepen your faith, to mm-hmm. deepen your walk with him, to, mm-hmm. to stick on theme, grow your roots deeper <laughs> in Christ. Like the fact that you have, instead of separating it and saying, I'll figure this out, I will deal with it. Like yeah. I, I can, I can handle it or whatever. Like this isn't, I'm not going to take this to God. Like you have used this thing 
to allow him to refine you and to grow you deeper. And I, it's just so beautiful. And again, I keep saying it's beautiful. It's hard. It is so, so hard. Yes. Refining, being pruned. None of that is fun or easy, but Mm -hmm. God can use anything Mm -hmm. for his glory and for our good. And Mm -hmm. so if we allow him to do that, if we allow him to do a work in our heart and to, to help us and to ask him to meet us where we are and to take our doubts and our questions to him, Mm -hmm. he is so good and so faithful to meet Mm -hmm. us where we're at and to help us in those things. Yes. Yes. And, and to, to one point, one thing that's really been with my faith journey with him, a turning point, I feel like is sometimes I think we because I know I have, so maybe others have, <laughs> we can approach it and think we're maybe taking every thought captive to be mm-hmm. maybe think that we're giving him something, but I feel like we ourselves judge it right away. And, and we judge it as this is bad or something. So here, Lord, just take this and deal with it. You're like, just take <laughs> it instead of letting, allowing Christ to do what Christ does. I mean, he's the ultimate judge of everything Mm -hmm. and he knows good from evil. And so bringing it to him without judgment saying, and being honest with it, like I am freaking mad right now, you know, whatever it is, or I am so depressed and I feel like you are not here or I am, you know, whatever, like being real, so real with Mm -hmm. them, not judging it, just being real. And then allowing him like you're saying allowing him but it's such a journey with him I mean we're unified with him and so so being bare-chested with him and saying this is how I really really feel can you show me what in here maybe needs healing can you show Mm -hmm. me what in here maybe is truth that needs to be discovered more, yeah. you know, and maybe, and then maybe there's some parts that truly are just pure lies and then yeah. he can point those out and throw it away. But I think so often we go quick to like, this is just bad right. or this is wrong. Cause I'm a Christian. Yeah. And so here, Lord, take this. So we think we took it captive. We think we mm, took it to him, but we didn't allow him in really yeah there was no transformation or there was no renewing of your mind it was just get it out this is bad yes but it sounds good it sounds biblical and (laughs) christianese and (laughs) right like you did the right thing that's a really good point there there is a big difference and if we don't allow god to identify the truth in it identify the lies in it transform our minds in it they're just going to keep coming up and then not actually being renewed and being transformed. Yes, absolutely. You need to process things with the Holy Spirit and through your whole body with him. I mean, otherwise you're right. It doesn't, it just stays. Yeah, stay for sure. And, and keep coming. Mm. Well, you've recently started sharing more about your struggle or about ways you you deal with your anxiety on social media, and it's been so fascinating. And like like you said, you shared your your dance short, which was beautiful. And so, what really inspired you to start sharing? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So, like I said, right, I've never really had any shame attached to sharing. Right. Um, and so there have been times, you know, at the churches I've been at that maybe I, I did speak on it. And here and there, I would maybe post something. But I think, like I said earlier, recently, over this, these past two years, that it's become so huge in our culture. And I mean, you know, it, 
Lord, like suicide is, is one of the top causes of death right now. And so, so for these different reasons, I think it's Craig Groeschel. I wrote it down. I heard him say, we may impress people with our strengths, but we connect with people through our weaknesses. And I, I've always loved stories and I, and I'm, you know, creative and I'm a, if you do Enneagram four, so (laughs) like, I'm like, I'm so unique. (laughs) Like I love thinking out of the box and, and ways of connecting with people. And because of the no shame and because of the, the artistry, the Lord has been combining it. And because of the need. Yeah right now, I think it was just like in, and because of the, the media, the right. access that we the have availability, now yeah. to tell our stories and I, and tell other stories, you know, through this medium. Yeah. I just felt like it was time and, and more and more people are saying, you know, writing me or whatever, messaging me after. And they're just saying, Oh, Oh, I thought I was the only one. Mm. And that's so, I mean, you know, logically for our brains, that seems like, well, I can't be, you know, right. like, out of all the, the people in the world, but we do like, mm-hmm. we think we're the only one who, who thinks this way or feels this way, or, right. you know, this happens to. And so the fact that I just love, like, I love when people <laughs> write me that <laughs> and they just, <laughs> and that's all they have to say is like, I thought I was the only one. Thank you so much. And it's like, yeah. all right, Lord, like now they know they're not alone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a beautiful message. The Lord wants yeah. people to know because sure. <laughs> they are not alone. Yeah. So yeah, that's a little that. bit of the motivation recently. Yeah, no, that's great. What, as we kind of wrap things up, what encouragement would you want to leave someone listening who is struggling with anxiety or mental health, or maybe just thinks they might be? Wow. Yeah. One, that I just mentioned is that you're not alone. (laughs) If you feel alone, I I understand because it's such a, you know, there's a, there's physical illnesses when they're external or Mm -hmm. physical injury. And it's a lot easier for other people to empathize, sympathize, see it and care for you when it's so internal and you're not able to truly see in another person. I mean, you feel so lonely and it can be so difficult to express what you're feeling. Right. So, you know, I, for, for anybody listening, you're not alone. There are many who feel the way you do. Uh, the Lord is absolutely with you. Yeah. And even, even, uh, even when you feel that he's absolutely not, because yeah. I remember those times. I still could feel like, oh, wait, I know you're still there. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, he is there mm-hmm. and there is hope, but I would say the, it takes, it takes <laughs> bravery, yeah. <laughs> a lot of bravery, but, but it's possible to begin this healing process and it takes one little step. And the first step I would say, it's just the awareness. Mm-hmm. It's starting to be aware of what is happening within you, to be honest with it, to face it, mm-hmm. which is incredibly scary because we've done things to protect ourselves and to not face things <laughs> mm-hmm. because they're painful, but to face it is so, so brave. So I'm praying for bravery for people right now. I'm praying for boldness in their hearts right now, that there isn't anything that's too scary or too ugly or too, 
honestly damning. There's not for you right now. There's grace and mercy and love. Mm. Again, there's a throne of grace for you to approach and you will receive love. So, yeah. That's beautiful. Mm. I believe there are people listening who need to hear that message. Anxiety or not, (laughs) but especially, especially if I'm struggling with anxiety, but even someone who isn't that is, I mean, that is just a beautiful imagery of who God is Mm -hmm. and that he wants, he wants you to experience his fullness and his goodness. And there is so much hope with him. So thank you for that. So as a little fun question, as we wrap up, what resource or practice are you loving right now that helps you stay rooted in Christ? Yes. So that would be journaling. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) So I used to do it a lot when I was younger and mostly about boys, but (laughs) still (laughs) it was journaling. And, uh, and then I stopped for quite a while. And I, when I, you know, I've been researching different things for anxiety and depression, mental health and journaling just kept coming up over. And I'm like, Oh, I don't want to, you know, (laughs) and actually it was in an art, a creativity process that I was going through where she was recommending journaling. And again, this, this sort of thought of bearing it all and just writing it all out Mm -hmm. getting it out and being real and not holding anything Mm -hmm. back because if we don't and what I found is that if I don't present my full self like we were saying how how is he going to access that I'm not allowing him to and so I started journaling and it and, and I'll tell you honestly, Lauren, sometimes it is not spiritual. Like there's not anything <laughs> seemingly spiritual yeah. about it at all. It's just like, I don't want to do the laundry. I don't want, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, boom, like the stuff starts coming out of me mm. and the Lord, the Holy Spirit starts bringing my mind back to something when I was young and then I'm like crying and then I look and I'm like I just wrote about laundry you know <laughs> and then it's beautiful and then maybe he'll bring me to a scripture but it's it's amazing it's been amazing yeah. for me to really draw me back and back again to his heart and his spirit mm. and it's like this beautiful conversation and yeah. this exchange with him that goes beyond just words on a page it's right amazing. I love that. That's so great. Well, I want people to be able to connect with you and see what you're sharing on social media and be encouraged by you. So where can they find you and follow you? Yeah. So I'm on Facebook and on Instagram, both uh, Mickey Ream. (laughs) And uh, I also have a YouTube channel, sort of, but I would... I would mostly go with my Facebook and my Instagram. (laughs) Okay, cool. We will be sure to link that for people so that they can come follow you and learn more about how you face this head on and you invite the Lord into it. And I'm sure they will be so encouraged by it. So thank you so much for having this conversation with me. It was so encouraging and so enlightening and just really helpful to see how God is using something that feels so hard and is so hard, Mm -hmm. but how he is using it for your good and his glory. So thank Mm -hmm. you so much. I so appreciate you. Thank you. Hey there, before we end this episode, I want to share something really quick that Mickey and I discussed after we stopped recording, but we felt was really important for you to hear. First of all, just as a reminder, 
this episode is not prescriptive or therapeutic in any way. And if you struggle with depression or anxiety or suspect that you struggle with any mental health issue, please go seek help. Secondly, as Christ followers, there can be a stigma around therapy or counseling, but please don't let that stop you from seeking it out. Mickey and I want you to know that you don't need to be afraid to seek help from a counselor or therapist. It doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you don't trust Jesus or are lacking faith. It means you just need someone to help walk you through this season. I've included a couple resources in the show description to help you get started in finding a therapist should you decide you need one. Thanks for listening, friends. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Rooted and Established podcast. As always, I'm so grateful you took time to listen. I would be honored if you take a moment to leave a five-star rating and positive review. This helps other potential listeners know that this is a podcast worth listening to. And while you're at it, screenshot the podcast and put it on your social media or stories to share with your friends. That is worth a thousand thank yous. But if you tag me, I'll be sure to personally thank you myself. I hope you have a great week and we'll chat again soon.